The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, but welcome to the show. If you want to give me a call, as usual, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. And if you want, you can also email me at, uh, let's see, uh, info. <laughs> Sometimes i got to remember. Info at karm.org. And for the podcasters, today's show is 11-21-23. So, uh, yeah, it's November 21st, 23. Tomorrow. Okay, I'm not going to be on the air for the rest of the week. I've got to go to, that guy, guy, yeah, it's a holiday, so time off. But tomorrow's my 36-year anniversary, wedding anniversary with my wife. She's lucky to have me because I'm so great. 36 years tomorrow, and uh, some people would just uh, send sympathy cards to Anique. <laughs> sympathy cards? Yep. <laughs> 36 years? Wow, you got a high place in heaven. So, uh, at any rate, uh, praise God for that. And we're going to do a dinner, uh, and that'll be great. So uh, off for the rest of the week. And uh, like I said, if you want to call me, 877-207-2276. And if you are interested, you can um, also uh, email me at info at karm.org. Info at karm.org. And what we're asking is uh, if you do that, you have a comment or a question, just put radio comment or radio question in the subject line, and that way I can check it out. See, like this one right here. John says, uh, he says, uh, radio show question. My question is, why are you so negative <laughs> towards, <laughs> towards socialism when Jesus said so many things aligned with socialism? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, I got a kick out of this kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, it's a common mistake, people say, uh, socialism. Uh, a lot of people don't know the Nazi party were socialists and uh, I'm going to go through a little bit of government stuff uh, because of this because of what he said I get a kick out of things like that there's nobody waiting right now and so I'm just going to jump right in on it might as well socialism what is socialism I think we should discuss that and uh, I think that it's really um, really a failure of American population to uh, to not teach uh, the the true principles of a republic. We're not a democracy, we're a republic. So uh, democratic socialism is a form of social control with limited state ownership where democratically elected governmental officials regulate the production and distribution of wealth. That right there is disaster. Where government regulated officials, uh, their officials, regulate the production and distribution of wealth. Right there. So now when the government comes up to me and says, Matt, you have uh, two nice cars, and your friend down the street, or someone so a mile down the street, doesn't have any cars. You're going to give one car up because it's it's a government official who regulates the production and distribution of wealth. So what I worked for and bought and paid for now has to be given to somebody else. So if I ask, well, I might be reimbursed for the automobile, and if you are going to reimburse, why don't you just get one for him, that person? No, we're not going to reimburse you. So I work, and then you take what was for mine, and you're going to regulate, distribute, right? Well, no, it doesn't mean to buy your car. Once you buy something, it belongs to you. Really? So democratically elected government officials tell you how the wealth is to be distributed? 
the economy and society should run democratically for the benefit of the society as a whole. This has been tried. Nazi Germany. It's a, it's a, socialism is, a, is communism light, is what that is. Uh, and they, so democratic socialists say, uh, democratic, uh, believe that both the economy and society should be run democratically. It should not be run democratically. And people are shocked when I say that. You, you know what a democracy is? It's mob rule. A republic is different. You can have a democratic republic, but a republic basically says that there are governmental abilities, but they're restricted by a bill of rights, by certain codes that can't, that government cannot violate. We call these the amendments. Freedom of religion, right to bear arms, you know, freedom from undue search and seizure, right of, of uh, d deny self-incrimination. These are the basics. A democratically run system, would, uh, if we were just a democracy, so the majority of people are brainwashed by the leftist morons and they don't want us to have weapons anymore, so now it becomes illegal to own a weapon. And so whatever the majority says now is, the, is what uh, is normative and what becomes true. Well, that's called a democracy. The majority tells you what's right and wrong. Well, it, it, do uh, democracies get morally better? Do they get morally worse? I mean, now we're killing the unborn by the thousands and thousands every day. Homosexuality is running rampant, and it's oppressing people. We have leftist morons in schools designating um, leftist principles. And, and getting people to believe all this stuff. Our government is way in debt and is giving billions away and not even taking care of the people here that it's supposed to be and opening the border up. And we know why that is, so that they can get more socialists in to vote for the Democratic Party because they want to keep themselves in control of you. That's socialism. And then where do we get the brown shirts? The brown shirts were the Nazis. Uh, they were people they wore brown shirts they went around enforcing Nazi rules it was like woke on steroids and so what they would do is uh, go around and if you were not complying saying Heil Hitler if you weren't complying with the state mandates if you weren't uh, complying with what is uh, what is necessary as far as the Gestapo would say is propaganda you must believe and affirm and speak of and you can't deny these things and you have to affirm certain things then they would turn you in. The brown shirts would do this. Now, what does that sound like today? It's like wokeism. Hey, you're not allowed to say this, or we're going to turn you in. It's the same mentality that's going on. This is socialism. This is what socialism is. These morons who don't know about truth, they don't know about this stuff. It's just, it just drives me crazy. And then they say to achieve, it's to achieve a more just society. Many structures of our government and economy must be radically transformed through greater economic and social democracy so that ordinary Americans participate in the many decisions that affect our lives. How does that work? So the people who are in control who tell you how things are being distributed are going to listen to the majority of people tell you that they don't want certain distrib distributions occurring a certain way? Are they? Is that how the government works now? By election? Of course not. Representation uh, isn't really fair. Democratic socialists do not want to create an all-powerful government bureaucracy. Yeah, they don't want to, but that's what happens. See, people don't give up their power. These people, the problem with democratic socialists is they think people are basically good. Wrong. Wrong. You want to mess something up, all you need is two things, people and time. doesn't matter where. This is what's going to happen. This is why the republic that we have in America has three branches of government, so they can balance each other. That was the idea. They go on, as the democratic socialists say, social ownership 
could take many forms, such as worker-owned cooperatives or publicly-owned enterprises managed by workers and consumer representatives. Democratic socialists favor as much decentralization as possible. It won't happen like that. They're just, they're, they're just uneducated. They've, been, they've uh, drank the Kool-Aid. The collective Kool-Aid is what they've done. And uh, it's just not going to work like that. So let me, uh, you know, what a free market is and stuff like that. Free, see, I've been thinking about this recently. If I were suddenly in the science fiction realm, suddenly the dictator of the United States, well, one of the things I would say is our greatest asset is our people. The absolute greatest asset is the people. And pass laws to free them to do as much as they can with as much reward as they can for what they produce. That would be the principle. Get out of their lives as much as possible. We don't want them you know, pillaging and, and committing extortion and things like that. You know, We don't want that. But let them be rewarded by their own effort. And don't penalize them with abs uh, excessive taxation for trying to innovate and then regulate so much what the government does. This is always how governments work. They always become more powerful because people turn to the government as a gigantic breast to be fed from. And then they want to be nurtured and cuddled and coddled as well. And so feed me, feed me, feed me. Take more and more of my freedoms because I want more and more safety. This is what socialism is. And along with it comes globalization, the spread of products, technology, information, and jobs across national borders and cultures because people are saying, hey, look, we don't want to have our borders and we don't need uh, you know, one language. It could be multiple. Well, that's a fragmented country. It doesn't stand like that. And when countries in history get fragmented, they fail. So what's a republic? It's a form of government where the power is held by the people and their elected representative. The exercise of power is according to the rule of law, which is stipulated in a constitution and a separation of powers of the legislature, the executive, and judiciary. It has an elected president. That's what our republic is. And the Republic of the United States has a Bill of Rights. It always drives me crazy when I hear politicians say, in our democracy, I wish they would stop lying. It's not a democracy. It's a republic. They don't even know this. And they say it because democracy sounds so good. So, uh, oh, man, it just, this is not hard to, to study, you know. So, uh, socialism is a political and social system in which private property and the distribution of income are subject to social and centralized government control. Do you want to trust people with that? What if the people who are getting in control are, are atheists? What if they're bad atheists? You can have good atheists. What if they're really bad atheists who are pro-abortion uh, and pro-transgender, uh, you know, the alphabet mob? And then churches say, well, we don't affirm that. We deny it. Now what's going to happen? Are they going to say, well, we encourage you to have your opinion? You think that's going to happen? Of course not. <laughs> they want control. A socialist economy does not encourage private ownership of property and businesses, but prefers governmental ownership and control of the economy for the benefit of its members. It sounds so nice. That's not what Jesus said. and That's not what the Bible says. Here's some characteristics of socialism. I'm, after the break, I'm going to get into some of what the biblical form of government is from Scripture. Okay, But before we get there, characteristics of socialism. Here are some examples of it. Public schools public parks, Social Security, Medicare, no privately owned corporations, reduction or removal of private property, all who contribute to the production of a good are entitled to share in it. These are 
If some countries hold to these kind of things, some don't. Government should provide basic services such as health care and education. And yeah, there's some goods and bads in these things, but this is just what these things are. Here's some weaknesses of socialism. Government owns production and distribution and decides what is best for the majority of people based on the analysis and opinion of those in power. They seek to retain their power, but they are not aware of all the net details necessary to run large and, uh, and complicated means of production. They can't possibly do that. The best people who are able to manage their own affairs are individuals who are involved with their work, not government-run agencies. They want to have the reward for their hard work. And you can find in a lot of socialist countries and communist slash socialist countries, the workers just do with the minimum they can because it doesn't matter what they do. And they're obligated to, to uh, tote the party line. Anyway, it goes on. When, when government's in control, it, dem it demotivates people to do their best since their work is not rewarded personally but is distributed to others. Here's an illustration of this. There th I'm going quickly for the break. There are 30 students in a classroom. Ten of the students work very hard and get A's. Ten of the students do minimal work and just to get by. The ten students hardly do anything and they all get F's. The teacher decides to distribute all the grades evenly, all the production, all the distribution of wealth evenly. He's in control of the grades and the distribution, so therefore everyone gets a C. When the A students discover that their grade does not reflect their efforts, they cease to work hard. The C students realize that the work, hard work of an A student is given to them. They realize they don't need to work as hard as they already have done, so they work even less. The overall grade drops to a D, and the A and C students therefore work less because their work is not reflected on their grades, and so on and so forth. There's socialism. When we get back from uh, the break, what I'll do is uh, I'll, I'll talk about the governmental I'll talk a little, little bit more, then we'll get to a guy on, on Shabu from Street Evangelism. But I'll talk to you more about uh, uh, some stuff. Yeah, we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody. As I said I would do, I'm going to do this really quickly. Uh, we've got callers coming in, but, uh, you know, it was generated out of a <laughs> an email. Um, I'm hoping uh, to convert people to the truth. So uh, I'm going to read some stuff on the, the timeline of Venezuela that went socialistic. And then what I'll do is go through the biblical mandates of, of government. Uh, and I'll talk about that a little bit. So another five, ten minutes will be done, and then we'll take the callers. So in 1992, Venezuela became the third richest country in the hemisphere. In 97, it became the second largest purpose, uh, purchaser of F-150 trucks. 98, Hugo Chavez was elected president through the Bolivian, Bolivarian, excuse me, revolution. And it brought in socialist policies, socialism. That's what it brought, all right? Chavez passes laws aimed at redistribution of wealth, of land and wealth. Voted for uh, 2001, voted for socialist president and income equality. Income equality, right? Private health care is completely socialized in 2004. In 2005, Chavez signs a decree to eliminate large estates and removal of private property. 2005, stiff fines and prison terms for those in the media who criticize public figures. In 2006, Chavez shifts buying military equipment from Ru U.S. to Russia. 
In 2007, Chavez announced the key energy and telecommunication companies will be nationalized. What he did was Exxon and Shell and things like that that had put in millions and billions in there. He says, okay, we own them now. They just took them over. They nationalized them. Okay, basically it's theft. All higher education became free in 2007. Um, and uh, ExxonMobil, ConocoPhillips refused to hand over control of operations to the Venezuelan government and are then kicked out of the country. That was in 2007. Okay, also. 2009, socialists banned private ownership of guns. 2009, voters approved a plan to abolish term limits. 2012, the government enforces price controls on basic goods to battle against inflation. In 2012, Bernie Sanders praises the Venezuelan American dream. In 2014, 28 people died in the suppression of an anti-government protest. In 2014, opposition leaders were imprisoned. In 2016, food and health care shortages became widespread. 2017, constitutional elections were suspended. 2019, unarmed citizens massacred by their own government. In note, 2018, the UN says 2 million Venezuelans have fled to neighboring countries since 2014. Well, these are historical facts. You can go check them out. And uh, it's on bbc.com news, World, uh, World Latin America, and I got the number, the documentation where this came from. BBC does a pretty good job at a lot of stuff. All right, so let me get into uh, biblical form of government. A lot of people don't know the pilgrims, when they came over from uh, Europe, one of the things they wanted to do was establish a Christian nation. They uh, tried socialist principles right away and uh, they almost died. And there's an interesting story about an Indian who was captured 15 years earlier, learned English, took it over to uh, England, became a Christian, learned English, and then helped, it was released back into uh, the Americas and then saved the pilgrims' lives. It's a really interesting story. They should do a movie out of it. I don't know if they have or not. So, uh, in biblical government, this, so what happened was the pilgrims then said, what we need to do is, is do a biblical form of government. So they went to the pastors and they said, could you devise for us a system of government from Scripture? And they did. You can look this up. It's out there. Okay, They did it. And here's the basic principles. It was a representative form of government. And that's out of Exodus 18. I can, I'm not going to go through all the details, but that's what, it, what they came up with. Self-governance, out of governance, that is, out of Matthew 18. Private property rights, out of Exodus 20 and Acts 5. The principle of liberty and freedom, out of Second Corinthians and Galatians and Peter. And First Peter it is. Capitalist principles, and uh, that's in Matthew 21, Matthew 25. The parable of the landowner and the parable of the talents given to the masters. Um, witness witnesses and a fair trial all right and that's in Deuteronomy 19 Matthew 18 the right of taxation from the government okay Luke 20 uh, not to have foreign rulers Deuteronomy 17 that's important and the UN is trying to become a ruler of the United States uh, do not follow uh, they said if anything contradicts the Word of God and uh, don't follow the government when it leads into the approval of homosexuality same-sex marriage abortion and socialism because it's an unbiblical system we have the right of self-defense, as uh, Jesus clearly taught, Luke twenty-two thirty-six. He says to the disciples, "Sell your cloak and buy a sword." He said that, Luke twenty-two thirty-six, and that was in the context of uh, going out for self-defense in evangelism out there worldwide. We have that that right, not necessarily the obligation. 
And so uh, those are some of the principles that uh, were woven into our Constitution. Now, here's a question for those of you who are listening to this. Have you read the Constitution? Have you read the Constitution? Have you read the preamble to the United States Constitution? Have you read the preamble and read the Constitution? If you want, you can go to CARM. I have them reproduced. I would suggest you actually read them. It's going to take 20 minutes. But it is really interesting, and you'll actually see Christian principles woven into them. You will see it. Okay? And you'll also see certain obligations. But why is it they don't teach the preamble of the Constitution in schools anymore? Why is that? You should read it, and you will find out why. I did, and it was really enlightening. It really was. Let's get to Steve from Raleigh, North Carolina. Steve, welcome. You're on the air. Hello, brother. How are you? Oh, fine. Just putting out fires and causing problems. You know, same old, same old. I hear you, man. Look, love your show. Here's how it goes. I'm selling the screener. Mom used to say, the good don't bring the bad up. The bad bring the good down. And that's pretty much what socialism is. And I I heard what you said, and I just have one thing to share with you. When they say democracy, it's like everything else they do. Evil is evil. It's not stupid. It's just evil. So it's part Mm -hmm. of their indoctrination and how they do everybody mm-hmm. and this is a perfect segue to share about which you probably know him and just getting a shout out for our brother steve noble who is going to be getting off of the actual airways which bums me out because i call in once in a while and he's a personal friend and we go to a study together a couple of them we did but the problem is is that uh, he can't do both so he's going to do steve noble you which is teaching the young skulls full of mush about both civics and history and that's what we're all lacking here, uh, just the ability to have somebody. And he's going to be doing it on the homeschool end of it, um, Steve Noble you. So Good. I appreciate the opportunity to share with you that your program has been encouraging, enlightening, insightful. And just like what you just said, trying to get people to understand what history really is versus what um, they want to teach in Babylon and make everybody Babylonians like they did right. in uh, Nebuchadnezzar's time with how they've done a great job unfortunately, with the kids of the day, which is why you're seeing the pro-Palestinian stuff there, because they don't know any different because they've been Babylonized. If that's a new word, yep. because Babylonized. Babylonian. That's <laughs> it, Babylonized. Just made it up. Yeah, and that's what happened. I heard that <laughs> like on a sermon from, uh, I think, Grant Castleberry, who's also on this channel, and that's what he went to. He's going through history right now also about what's going on with Israel, because people don't understand Canaan. Canaan was the land before it was Israel, before they supposedly had in this Palestine, Palestine, and that's where the Philistines were. So the short story is, is that it's God's plan. I love it. I love so much that you're able to share with these people and give them the correct answer, whether they want to hear it or not, that you're always there on point. And we need right. that, and I really do appreciate that. So thank you so much, right. and God bless, and keep on. You too, man. God bless. Appreciate it. All right. Hey, folks, there's a break. We'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Let's get to Gordon from Utah. Hey, Gordon, welcome. You're on the air. Why, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, sure. I enjoy listening to what you have to say. And okay. uh, uh, generally, anyway, except 
when uh, I hear so many Christians think that uh, uh, Mormons are not Christians. And uh, I guess we also have a disagreement on, uh, I, I guess, that works are not important at all in your salvation. Uh, so anyway, if, if you want to chat about it, uh, sure. uh, we can sure. chat. Sure. So if um, we have two different definitions of God, okay, that God has always been God and God has not always been God, let's just say those two definitions, okay, can they both be the same uh, God? If one was always God and one was not always God, they couldn't be the same person or same God, right? Well, okay, let's, let's stick to the scriptures instead of uh, hypothetical situations. This is uh, it's exactly it. In Christianity, God has always been God. In Mormonism, God has not always been God. So that's exactly uh, related to what we're talking about your, here. Depends your depends on your definition of always. Uh, well, was your God was, was your God an, was your God an exalted man? Was our God did he, is, is, he, is he, our God the creator of the universe? Yes. Okay. Yes. Is your God so, the creator of the universe? Yes. What? Uh, okay. How many you're, gods you're are You're trying there? to go back into something that's way beyond uh, what's defined in scriptures. Let's begin at the creation. Okay, hold on. Are you hold going on, beyond? Hold on hold, the on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is not a an opportunity for you to teach. This is a, a talk show. You, okay. Now you want to start teaching? I'm, just, I'm, so I'm not going to allow that. I'm okay? asking questions. Okay. No, you're not. You're trying to teach. And, I'm, and you want to stick with the scriptures, but, I'm tr but I try to ask you a question, and you just ignored the question. It's the issue of God always being God or God not always being God. It's basic logic. They cannot be descriptive of the same being. It's either the case that the one being who's God has always existed as the one being who's God, or it's not the case that the one God has existed has always existed eternally. This is simple logic. How, how in the world can you go beyond the creation of the universe? and speculate beyond that. I'm not. I'm not talking about that. How can you that. go beyond We're that? Okay. We're talking is about the, who created, the, okay. who created yeah. time, who created the universe. If you can't answer the simple questions, you know I mean, why are you, you here? It's a simple question. You wanted to just talk about it. it it's simple. No, you're, you're, it's not a simple question. Yes, it is. You're, you're delving into things beyond uh, our realities. No, I'm not. I'm asking you a simple question. It's either the case it's not a simple question. that there's it's either the case that there's only one God in all existence, or it's not the case there's only one God in all existence. This is basic, basic logic. It's either the case that I'm talking to you, or it's not the case that I'm talking to you. This is just basic. It's basic. It's either the case that the Christian God is eternal, or it's not the case that the Christian God is eternal. This is basic logic. Both can't the be Christian true. God is eternal. No, no, let's ask, was the God that you believe in ever a man on another world? I don't know. Yes, you do I mean, know. There's, there's don't tell me that. You that. know it, and I know you know it. Don't play the game. I know that you know that your God is an exalted man, that he you, he lived on another world. He followed the laws and ordinances of that God on that planet and became a God. 
You know that, and I know it. Mormon Doctrine, page 321, by Bruce R. McConkie. He said, God That's used to be a man on another planet. You don't go That's with scripture. Not scripture. You don't go with scripture. Yes, we do. No, you don't. There are things written beyond scripture, I agree. But the basic well, 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 of the church well, come from scripture. You, look, look, you just you just that's, said one thing that shifted to another. Canon. You don't you're not even listening. Mormon doctrine says there's many, many gods. Do you believe you have the potential of becoming a god? Do you have Do the I believe ability? that I am made an heir through Christ of all things? I yes. didn't ask that. I believe, believe I'm an heir, a joint heir, a joint heir with Christ. Notice everybody. What Notice does everybody that mean? won't answer direct questions. Do you believe you have the potential no, that, of becoming that, that a God? Is, is Jesus have? Christ a God? No. Do you believe you have the ability, the potential of becoming a God? It's a simple question. Do you believe that's the case? And I'm answering it with a statement that we become joint heirs with Christ, okay. who is a God. So, which by joint heirs means yes. joint heirs. Joint heirs biblically deals with adoption out of Romans chapter eight, and it has to do with the legality. It's not an alteration of our nature, being not God to being God. So, I'm asking you a very specific question. Okay, do you believe that you I, personally I, have the potential of becoming a God? I believe that I'm a child of God and can become all that he wants me to be. And if I am his son, I then I believe I could be like my father. So you can be, yeah, see, you're, you're being around the bush saying it. Is it the case that God, a, your, your God, resides near a star called Kolob? I, d I have no great, idea about that. Pearl of Great Price, yeah. pages 34 to 35. Pearl of Great Price. He resides near a star called Kolob. Well, I, I don't know where that star is. Well, it doesn't matter. There's a star out there, and that's where your God resides, according to your scriptures. Okay? I, you so, know, I, I, I try to focus my faith on Jesus Christ and the you scriptures. Don't. You know, you it, to me, these are just peripheral ideas that that are out there it's not a crucial doctrine if somebody it's, understands it's that great it's crucial it's not crucial it's, yes it is crucial it's whether Why? you're serving the true God or a false God that's what it comes down to you're either tr serving the true God or a false one because you believe you have the potential of becoming a God because you're not a God now well Elohim in Mormonism is God the Father and we know that Joseph Smith said that he was not always God. You know he said that, right? Okay. Right. You know that. And that he would take away the veil and show that he became God. And you believe you have the same potential. Biblically speaking, that's impossible. There is no God besides God. God has always been God. There's never a time when he was not God. He therefore was not a man in another world. They're not the same God. And Mormonism even teaches that it's not the same God. I don't know if you're aware of that. It's not the same God. Uh, well, mm -hmm. I, we so believe Christ, that Jesus yeah. Christ is not is not God the Father. Yeah, we do believe well, we agree. that they are separate. 
Right, but you believe that Jesus is a God, the Father is a God, and the Holy Ghost is a God. That's three gods. That is right? true. That is so true. I, I, Bible, I agree with that statement completely. Okay, so, and then there's a mother goddess, because God has a goddess wife. You know, we, we, yeah. that's, you, that's not clearly stated anywhere in the scripture. It's, once again, one of these things you know, that you know, kind of come in from the side. You know and I know that that's what they teach, okay? I know you know it, okay? Now, so, the Bible, however, says, from everlasting to everlasting, he's God. Psalm 90, verse 2. He says he doesn't even know of any other gods. Well, if Jesus is a God and the Holy Spirit, or Holy Ghost, excuse me, is a God, then how come God doesn't even know about him? Well, in the beginning, God said, let us make man in our own image. Let us make man in our own image. We believe that Jesus Christ was with God during the creation. Can't be. It's It's plural. I mean, no. doesn't, it, doesn't I, your Bible say the same thing, that let us make God in our own, let us make man in our own image? Yes, and the word, yeah, that's, Genesis that's Genesis 126, yes it does. Let us make man according to our image, according to our likeness. Three plurals referring to the single being who's God. But see, the thing is, that's showing the doctrine of the Trinity. But you guys don't have the doctrine of the Trinity, you guys have a triad. A triad is three separate gods, a trinity is one God. That's a difference. A human for hundreds difference. of years, the the Catholic Church believed, or at least a, a large part of the Catholic Church believed, in three separate individuals. That's the whole no. Arian controversy that this, no, that they were discussing at the Council of Nicaea, and it it persisted for. I mean, you're aware of that, right? Between uh, what Arian and the what Anastasia or what whatever his name was, all those. Letters Arianism, that went back and forth. Arianism was yeah. dealing with de- denying that Jesus Christ was part of the Trinity. And uh, so, hold on, we got a break, okay? G- Gordon, if you'd hold on, okay? Because we've got a hard break here, we got to take it. Hey, folks, hopefully Gordon will still be on the air when we get back. Maybe we can talk about how to get your sins forgiven in Mormonism. you got to hear this. It'd be worth discussing. We'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's see if Gordon is still on. Hey, Gordon, are you still there? I'm still here. All right. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can. Thanks for staying. Oh, good. Okay. 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 My pleasure. Well, you know, I found the quote where Joseph Smith himself said that God was not God from all eternity. Okay, so it's a quote from Joseph Smith. It's, it's not Joseph in the Smith Bible. Right? Was he right or wrong? He may have been right. I mean, he did a lot of... I, I believe that he was an inspired prophet that did a lot no. of good things. Was he perfect? No. Did no, he, he get everything right? Do, no, I don't think so. No, there were no prophets but, uh, after Jesus. That's The Bible says there aren't any. Just so you know. Okay. There's no topic. prophets after Jesus? That's right. The law and the prophets were until John, Luke 14, 14 or Luke 16, 16. What about Paul? Paul wasn't Wouldn't a prophet. Wouldn't you have called an Paul an apostle? Yeah, he's an apostle, he was, not a prophet. Doesn't that make him a prophet? Wasn't no. he prophetic? 
you're playing with the okay, words. Well, we would disagree on that as well, then. I would consider Paul, Paul a prophet. No, he's never called a prophet. He's an apostle. Okay, so Jesus said the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John, that's John the Baptist. So there's no more. Okay, it's a simple thing. All right. Okay, I think you're reading into into it things that really I'd consider Peter a a prophet too. No, you're changing the word meaning, like someone who proclaims something. Now he's a prophet. Well, that makes me a prophet then, because I'm proclaiming something, right? So there we go. I'm a prophet, well, if right? those, those that work for God and pro- prophesy, I think would, by my definition, maybe you have a different definition, but I would consider well, them that prophets. That I'm a prophet, they, aren't I? That's what I do. I work for God and I, I prophesy, I proclaim. I've even predicted the future once, once, if, and it occurred. If God, so my if prophet God tells you to say something, if God tells you to say something, I and and you say it. And it's true. I would say that you're prophetic or a prophet. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm saying I, to I you that no right now, that. God wants me to tell you that Mormonism is not Christian. Okay? I'm a prophet because I'm being prophetic. I'm telling well, you the truth. I, I think <laughs> the Holy Spirit is telling me to say that Mormonism is prophetic. So one or the other is a false prophet. Well, <laughs> let's work with that. The Holy Spirit bears witness of truth, right? Okay. John 14, yeah. 26. Okay, Jesus reveals the Holy Spirit. He sends the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus and the Father do. You aware of that? John fourteen twenty six. Okay, good. And Jesus reveals I'm, the Father. John, I mean Matthew eleven twenty seven, right? That's right? correct. Okay, so in order to have the Father and the Holy Spirit, Jesus has to send them to you and reveal them to you. That's the way it goes. Now, how do you know you have the right Jesus? Okay, because. Would you agree because with Because of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the, the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit witnesses that to you. But the Holy Spirit bears witness to me that Mormonism is not true. Okay. Well, I think that's an awfully arrogant statement. You just told me you, the Holy Spirit telling you that it is true. How's that not arrogant? I'm not saying that you're not a Christian. And I'm you're saying you are that not, I'm not a Christian. A Christian. How and you are you, not a Christian. How can yeah, you? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to me, that's a very arrogant statement. No, it's not. How can you judge it's, when Christ is the judge? I'm informing you. <laughs> Jesus, Je, Jesus said, in the last days, many false Christs and false prophets will arise and deceive many. Joseph Smith. Uh, well. Joseph Smith said he was a prophet. He never and the claimed Bible to be a prophet right anymore. He said he saw God the Father, right? Right? That's true. I'm going to read you something. I'll prove to you. I will prove to you. Proof is different than persuasion. I'll prove to you that Joseph Smith lied about it. I'll prove it right now from Scripture that he lied about seeing God the Father. And therefore, Mormonism is false. I'm going to prove it. It won't persuade you because proof is different than persuasion. I'm going to go to 1 Timothy 6.13. I'm going to read a few verses because I want you to make sure you understand the context. In fact, I will do it in the King James Version. Okay? This is what he says. I've got to read for 30 seconds here, but little by little, I want you to know the context of what's going on. 
Paul says, I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. So Paul's talking about God and Christ, the Father and Jesus. Would you agree so far? Right? Okay. Okay. That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he will shew, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to him be honor and power everlasting. Who is it who can't be seen? Talk about God and Jesus. Well, people saw Jesus. So who cannot be seen? It's God the Father. Well, I think the, the full understanding of God the Father and Jesus Christ cannot be fully understood by us. No, no, not what it says. But the, the fact that, the, but the fact that they can have a vision of it, it is not uh, refuted. The fact that, like Stephen in his martyr, he saw heaven. You know, heavens were open, and he saw God the Father and Jesus Christ standing at the right hand of God. No, he did not. He did not. He see did God not. The what does it say in your Bible then? No, in the Bible, it does not say he saw God the Father. It says he saw the glory of God. He saw the glory, the emanating light presence of God. It didn't say he saw the Father. Okay, I know this. Okay, so you need to read that it's in the end of what's well, in the book of, of Acts, chapter verse seven. Okay, so. That's what's important. It doesn't okay. say he saw God the Father. That's the glory of. All right? All right? Because they're right there. It's in verse 55. Okay. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. So that's what of he saw, God. the glory okay. of God and Jesus standing there. I, I think you're... Whether... Okay, to, to me it's semantics between the glory of God and then Jesus standing next to God as being different from the no he only God. saw brightness or something and Jesus standing at the side uh, if I, you, okay, I, I if could, you you know it's, it's semantics to me no it's not no it's not you want to make it semantics but it's not if you come to my house okay which you'd be welcome to do I'll treat you nicely and get a, give you a steak and everything but you come to my house and if and if by chance I'm not there or I'm inside I don't know you're knocking the door and you go home then you saw the house of Matt you didn't see Matt. See, the glory of God. God exists, and the glory is emanating out. That's what uh, Stephen saw. In fact, Jesus says in John six forty six, not that any man has seen the Father, except the one talking about himself. He's seen the Father. So Jesus even now, says now all the appearances it, in the Old Testament. How do you, all the appearances, how do you deal with, with Moses? And he, he never spoke saw to God. God. Face it to was face, not the father. like a man speaking to his friend. Yeah, Exodus thirty-three twenty, and that's not God the Father, because Jesus said in John six forty-six, not that any man has seen the Father. Moses is a man. Jesus says no one's seen the Father except himself. So therefore, God, I mean Jesus, I mean, excuse me, Moses was not seeing God the Father. This is according to what Jesus said, John six forty-six. Oh, okay, now let me back up. Do you believe that God the Father and Jesus Christ are the same entity? 
No, when you say same entity, you, you, it's a this is a, same, not a good word. Same God. It's not a good word. I don't know what you mean by the same God because Mormonism they can use the words differently. God, there's only one being who is God, and He exists as a triune uh, being. But there's only one is being, Jesus not three Christ gods. That God? uh, th- Jesus is has Jesus two Jesus natures. Christ that God? No, you don't say it that is way. Jesus we don't say it Christ that way. That God? We don't say <laughs> it that way because it doesn't make sense from our perspective to use that terminology. We don't say, is he that God? Because if God is one being of three persons and one of the persons exists and becomes flesh, you don't say the one person is that old God. It makes no sense. It's like saying time is past, present, and future. And so time is that three thing. Well, is the past that time? It, what? It doesn't make sense to say it that way. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. So Joseph Smith said he saw God the Father. The Bible says he cannot be seen. I proved Mormonism is false. Doesn't mean you're going to believe well, it because okay. except, you don't listen to Scripture. Except that Stephen, except that Stephen, saw God with Jesus standing at the right hand of God. No, he did and not. Moses not say that. To God face to face. Yeah, that's Exodus three three okay, twenty. So, Eleven, actually. But look, uh, okay, so Moses so, saw God, but Jesus says it, in John's look, Jesus says it wasn't the Father. He says in John six forty six, not that anyone has seen the Father. That's what Jesus said, John six forty six. So did Moses see the Father? Did he? Did Moses did see God? I didn't ask that. Did I said, did Moses see the Father? Did he see the Father? Because Jesus said not that anyone has seen the Father. So he said he had, Moses had not seen the Father. So he did not see God the Father. So who were they seeing in the Old Testament who's God Almighty, but not God the Father? It's a pre-incarnate Christ. Okay. That's who it is. Okay, he, spoke, and he saw and spoke with Christ. The pre-incarnate Christ. And so... G, uh, Paul says that the Father, that's who he's talking about, dwells in unapproachable light who no man has seen. He's consistent with what Jesus said. No man has seen or can see. Joseph Smith lied to you. Flat out. And your testimony... I would disagree. And your testimony is not you know, from it, God. It's from the devil. Once it again, I, I go back to that experience with Stephen, and it's pretty well laid out there that he saw Verse God the 55. Father in Jesus Christ. He says, He gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God. That's what it says. And then he, he goes the on glory. to clarify and he says, and Jesus standing next to God. At the right hand of God. He didn't use right. the term glory of God again. That's right, he didn't. So the glory of God is in reference to the Father and Jesus standing as a reference to his position next to the Father. So he saw Jesus directly you you grant that, but it says he saw the glory of God, in this case the Father. He saw the glory of it, of him. Didn't see him. And directly. then he clarified it further by saying, and Jesus standing next to God. So let's let's go on, on another right topic. I, I think we're, we're, we're in the past at that. Well hold on. Unfortunately we've got like thirty seconds left in the show. Okay? And okay. seriously. <laughs> And so I'm going to be off uh, the radio live tomorrow and Wednesday and you know and Friday because it's I mean, Wednesday Thursday Friday because it's holidays. I'll be back on Monday. Do you want to call me on Monday? You want to call back Monday? I I don't know that I can. I I, I okay. enjoy listening to you when I can, but it's not always possible for me okay. to stop and 
and dial in. But I'll, I'll try. I'll save you on my speed okay. dial. And uh, <laughs> sounds yeah, good. See if we I can hash out a couple of other things. Yeah, and I plan to come down there in Utah in a few weeks. Maybe we can meet. Okay, I'll let you guys know when I'm coming down. There's the break. Okay, we've got to go at the end of the show. You've got my number. Thanks for calling. Well, I don't know if I do or not. I've got to go because it's hard break. It'll be over in five, ten seconds here. Okay. Uh, email me okay. if you want. Bye-bye. Info at karm.org. Okay, talk to you later. Okay, Hey, folks, Bye-bye. we're out of time, and I uh, enjoyed the conversation. I hope you did, too. May the Lord bless you. Talk to you live on Monday next week. We'll see you. Have a great Thanksgiving. Another program powered by the Truth Network.